All right, this is the Sports Mashup Edition number 49, first one of the month of February, February 2nd, 2022 is the date. Uh, we start in the NBA as is usual, and I feel like I put a Suns thing on every week, but you know what? I don't care. They're actually good for once. I feel like we should mention them a lot. Plus, they won again last night. They won 11 in a row, and if you, if you count, combine the months of November and January, they went 29-1, and one. add February the 30-1. and one. So something to think about. 41 and 9 on the season. Uh most wins through 50 games of franchise history. And this team is better than last last year's team. And I don't really think it's that close. Was this win against the Nets without Kevin Durant? Yes. That and is, James Harden just coming back with the Yeah, injury. I mean the Suns have a ton of injuries too, not the impacts of Durant, but Aiton just coming back off of an injury. Uh most of their bench has been out, which is it's different, but the Suns handled this game pretty easily. I mean, they let it get close a little bit in the third quarter, but double-digit win. I think they won by, what, 10? I mean, you know. Where was the sad too? It was in Phoenix. They also beat them in Brooklyn with KD and Harden playing. So, I they beat them twice. I was just saying, Aiden coming back is big, though, because where the Nets lack is at the five. Yeah, but they've gotten better. The Suns' depth is something that would hurt the Nets. Like – Claxton's right. fine at the five. He's okay, but he's not Aiton. And then the Suns also have JaVale McGee and Bismack Biyombo, who have played really well this season for them. Don't you also have Frank Kaminsky? He's been hurt. He's been out for a while. But he played well when he was playing. He had like a 25-point game or whatever. But I'm just saying, Aiton coming back, he's a step above any yeah. guy. I mean, yeah. if Blake Griffin was the same Blake Griffin he was in Detroit or the Clippers – yeah, or for Marcus Aldridge was the same guy he was at in Portland. That changed those guys. A bit. I, there's a little age gap between those guys. There is, yeah, definitely, uh, no doubt. Uh, NBA All Star Weekend, I believe, is three weeks from now or close to that. Uh, All Star starters. Not that this really matters because it's really a popularity contest. I say, was this another pick thing? Yeah, they have the reserves coming out tomorrow, and that'll be actual legitimate. Thing, and they're going to do a draft. So I'm guessing it was LeBron and KD who picked this. They didn't pick this, but they will pick their own team. So this, the starters are not. Uh, this is not going to be how the starters of each team look. This is just the East and the West, and they have the draft in like a week. So I believe you the draft is next Thursday. It's the starters. These guys will all start the game, but it won't be the same teams because Katie and LeBron do the draft when the reserves come out. It's the reserves oh, come you, out Because now you can pick from the – if you're LeBron, he could pick from people from the East. He could pick anybody, yeah. So in the West, the starters are uh, LeBron, John Morant, Andrew Wiggins, which is laughable, Nikola Jokic and Steph Curry. And then in the East, it's Kevin Durant and Giannis, DeMar DeRozan, Embiid, Trey Young are the starters. Uh, so they'll have the draft. I'm sure the reserves will come out and there'll be some debate, I'm sure. But I mean, I don't disagree with really anybody in the West other than Wiggins as a starter. In the East, I don't really care, to be honest. So I mean, I. You don't say like Devin Booker's above Wiggins? He definitely is, but whatever, I guess. I mean,. I guess technically Wiggins is a forward, so they're not going to have Booker in because he's a guard over him. So, And you can't really argue Booker or Chris Paul over John Moran or Steph Curry. So that's really the reason that I'm not too concerned. I mean, they're, they're, Booker and Paul should both be on the team as reserves. 
you know who you don't hear much about anymore either? Like the Jazz. Like they're still having a good year. Donovan Mitchell's been hurt. People not go bear miss some time. But I mean, they were so good last year in the regular season, then they just lost in the playoffs to a Clippers team that had lost Kawhi during that series. And then also I was thinking about this the other day. Whatever happened to Dennis Smith Jr.? Oh, man. You know, he started with the Mavs or whatever, won it traded, went to like the, the Knicks, Knicks yeah. and then has vanished. To the Blazers, apparently. And he is playing anywhere from 15 to 19 minutes a game. So he went from being a starting point guard on two different teams to a bench player. Yep. He had uh, 17 points on January 13th against the uh, against the Nuggets when the Blazers gave up 140 points. So there you go. The Blazers are another team that's a bit disastrous. 21 and 30. A lot of injuries. Don't don't play any defense. What I think is disastrous is there was a free agent in the WNBA. Presumably, what some would say she's the best player in the WNBA. Brianna Stewart. Yep. We remember her from UConn. Yep. She went back to Seattle Storm on a one-year Supermax deal. Take a guess on how much the Supermax deal is in the WNBA. 500000 $228,094. It doesn't seem – that seems a bit low, yeah? It's a bit problematic. Just a little – well, I, mean, I mean, there's guys in like the last guy on the NBA bench makes way more than that. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, the overall picture would be the revenue part. Obviously, the NBA makes way more money, but yeah, I but would w- think that this the, is not a big enough share. The WNBA they started out with putting brands and companies on their jerseys way before the NBA did. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I definitely low. I mean, there's no and doubt. there's not as many teams, so I. Don't, I mean, yeah, they don't play as many games. I don't know. But that just seems so low. It is low. Yeah, it is. Because then if that's a Supermax deal, imagine what the last player on a bench in the WNBA makes. 60000 or something probably. It's yeah, got to be like, a minimum, though, somewhere like, around there. Go get a regular day or a regular day job make more than that. The WNBA minimum salary is uh, fifty-eight thousand seven hundred. Oh, so like that's if you have zero to two seasons played. If you play more than three seasons, it's seventy thousand as a minimum. So I mean, that's negotiated book. by the CBA of whatever they have there. So I'm sure it'll eventually go up. But the top payroll in the WNBA is the Atlanta Dream. At uh, one point three three nine million, guaranteed salary is six hundred thousand. Salary cap is one one point three three nine million. That's just. Whew. Yeah, Wonder what the WNBA the, revenue is. And the fact that she only signed a one year deal. They generate up to seventy million in revenue. How many teams are in the WNBA? Like twelve or something. So that's, I mean, they lose. It says they lose about ten million, so it's roughly sixty million revenue. So it's five million a team. 
Yeah, I'm sure there's other things that go into it, but still well, yeah. seems low. They'll probably negotiate the new salary cap eventually, but I it's mean, definitely maybe, low. Maybe that's why she only signed a one-year deal. Could be, could be. Can't not everyone could be like Max Scherzer and sign a, a three-year, one billion dollar deal and then argue that everything's unfair with the lockout. That's how stupid Major League Baseball is. I saw that article on ESPN and I was like, wow. It's definitely low. Uh NFL, National Football League, conference championship weekend. You had the Chiefs collapse, blowing a 21 to 3 lead to the Bengals. Bengals win 27-24 in overtime. I didn't think the Bengals would win this game. But they did, and are they the next uh, next team in the AFC? I mean, maybe. McPherson, coming in clutch again. Yeah, they gave him a gimme. I mean, Mahomes was just atrocious after the first half, just horrible. 12.5 passer rating in the second half in overtime. Didn't even complete a pass to Tyree Kill in the second half, right? I don't think he did, yeah. He had like five for 70-something in the first half, and then – the Bengals rushed three a lot and had a spy on them in the second half. And that made a bit of a difference in terms of coverage and keeping. And they were still getting pressure on him. Yeah, they. I mean, they had the uh, the, inter- the tipped interception that really got the Bengals going, and then they had the interception in overtime. So the Chiefs win the toss again in overtime, <coughs> and that might be rigged. I mean, it could. It wouldn't surprise me if it was. Um, but I mean, props to the Bengals, a team that was six and twenty-six. The last two seasons, they I went two and fourteen to get Burrow, and four and twelve in a season where Burrow got hurt last year. So Zach Taylor, going into the season, was a six and twenty-six head coach, and now he's in the Super Bowl. That's something with that offensive line. That offensive line is terrible, and I think it's a big reason why they don't stand much of a chance against the Rams, who failed to cover a three and a half point spread in a twenty to seventeen victory, and Jaquaski Tart had a free interception. Stafford was trying to give it to him, and he didn't catch it. So the Niners lose. Jimmy G's at his last game in San Francisco. Sure seems like it. I don't know. Oh, you think Nance is ready, though, or Lance? I don't think he is, but Jimmy G pretty much said himself he thinks he's going to get traded. And he has one year left at like $24 million, and who wants to take that contract on? The Commanders? Do they want to do that? Tampa? I think that's true. You got a situation there. I believe the favorite to be the next quarterback of the Commanders after Heineke is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. You got to think that Fitzpatrick's done. Yeah, I would assume so. The only reason I said Tampa was you think if he does come there that Gronk resigns? Since they at least have time together. It sure seems like Gronk was going to be done when Brady was done. So I would assume that he's probably done. I mean, you got good tight ends anyway. Well, no, I, I'm not saying that, like, they need to. At least, like, they always only give him one-year deals and a lot of his stuff's incentive-based. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Tampa, we'll talk about them in a minute, but they still have a championship window we can talk about in a minute. Uh, but the Super Bowl, Rams, Bengals, SoFi, Stadium in L.A. looks like the Rams four-and-a-half-point favorites. I feel like that's a fair number. I mean, the big thing here and the key to the game, we'll talk much more about this next week when the game actually takes place, is uh, the Rams' defensive front on paper should dominate this game. 
Because the Bengals' offensive line is bad. And this is the first Super Bowl in the last out of or the last eighteen Super Bowls have contained either Brady, Manning, Roethlisberger, or the 49ers. Yep. So no, first time in nineteen good. years, none of these guys are in it. This is also one of the first times in a while that we've seen a pretty likable QB matchup. I think a lot of a lot of the times it's not always two QBs that people like. Like if you date back, Brady, people don't like him. They're always not going to like him. Fair, unfair, whatever. I mean, maybe maybe at the time, Jimmy G and Mahomes, people liked them both. I guess. Uh, but all the ones that Brady's been in, people don't like him. I mean, maybe Cam Newton, Peyton Manning was one where people were like, okay. But people seem to like Stafford because he was stuck in Detroit, and everybody thinks that Joe Burrow is cool as ever, which I agree since he saved us from having to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Was it Kurt Warner and Ben Roethlisberger, or was it Carson Palmer? It was Kurt Warner. Yeah, Kurt Warner. And I don't think that Kurt Warner – I don't really like Kurt Warner that much. I don't know why. It's weird. I follow him on Twitter. I just don't – I don't know. It, it seems like they, they get a little too dramatic with this whole story. I get it's a unique, great story, but, like, come on, let's calm down a little bit. You didn't go fight overseas or something. And then this – you'll get the connection here. But in 2003, who do you think beat out Calvin Johnson for Georgia High School Player of the Year? 2003. Jesus. I mean, you're not going to guess it, but it. Yeah, I have no idea. Sean McVay. I feel like I knew that McVay was good in high school, but not to that level. I, I don't say. know what position he played. He might have been a receiver. But also that's hard to judge too because, you know, Calvin Johnson wasn't what he looked like in – um, college or Detroit than probably what he looked like in high school. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jock Peterson and Devontae Adams were on the same high school football team, and Jock Peterson had more yards than him senior year. So they were both receivers. Jock and who? Devontae Adams. And now we know what they both well, do. Well, question is, who was the quarterback of the team? Was it, was it Jace? I don't know who it was, to be honest. Could have been. That could have changed have things. I suppose it would have, yeah. Uh, all right. Coaching changes in the NFL. We have uh, four oh, spots filled. One last thing. The Bengals punter, Kevin Huber, he, he spent all 13 seasons in the NFL with the Bengals. He grew up in Cincinnati, played college football at Cincinnati, has the most career games played with the Bengals at 215 and is now going to the Super Bowl with his hometown team. It's a pretty good story right there. Let's hope he can put some balls inside the five, make the Rams work from their own end zone. It's just nuts to be, you know, born and raised in Cincinnati, go to Cincinnati, and then get drafted or signed by the Bengals and play your whole career there. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, all right. Coaching, hirings. Here, you can go ahead and list them off. Uh, yeah, you have the Bears. Matt Eberflus. Or is that how you pronounce it? I believe it's Eberflus. He was the Colts defensive coordinator. Yep. Uh, 
I don't know what to make of this. I mean, eh, press conference is pretty bland, pretty uh, prepared statement, cringeworthy comments. But he was – there was a long – was it him that there was a long gap between when he was hired than from when he made his press conference? I feel like it was like maybe a week-ish or so in between. Speaking of the Bears, though, I did see there is a projected trade sending um, uh, Raquan Smith and um, Justin Fields to Seattle for Russell Wilson. Yeah, I wouldn't do that in a billion years. I wouldn't want to do that if I'm Russell Wilson either. Yeah, I mean, Smith is going to become a next-level linebacker under this coach because Darius Leonard was developed under him. I feel like that's significant. And then the Raiders, they signed Josh McDaniels, the Pats offensive coordinator. Finally, somebody gets McDaniels to take another coaching job. And what was it? he said in his press conference, he wasn't ready to take the Broncos job when he did. Yeah, which is fair. I mean, he was pretty young. And back then, he didn't have the same amount of young coaches that you have now. It sucks, so that they didn't hire um, Rich. Uh, Bisaccia. Yeah, I mean, everyone on the team loved him. Yeah, that's just Mark Davis trying to score big. He doesn't care about that. I mean, there was even that picture of him writing handwritten letters to every player after they lost to the Bengals. I mean, he did a good job, no doubt. So, you know. Uh, Giants hired hired Brian Dable, the Bills offensive coordinator, who was stated, or I mean, it's been stated that he wanted out before he even interviewed for this job. Yeah. It's a good, solid hire. We'll see. So now questions like what do how's the Bills offense look next year? Probably similar, I would think. Promoting from within. Or maybe run the ball more, maybe not try to get Josh Allen killed. I saw was it the Bills the Bills hired Joe Brady to be their quarterback coach? Yes, that is true. Carolina didn't give him much time. They also shouldn't have hired him. He went from he went from passing game coordinator in college to NFL OC, which is a very big leap. But where was he that in college? LSU. Mm-hmm. And he he had the best offense like in the history of the game, and it, I don't think that much of it had to do with him, for being honest. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Helaire on the same team. I mean, come on. I did also see there was the other image. It was um, Shelvin, who was an offensive lineman for LSU. It, there was a picture of him like carrying Joe Burrow around after they won the national championship. Yep. And then they basically recreated it. Yeah, I saw that. Last week or Sunday when they won. And then lastly, you had the Broncos sign Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator. Yeah, good for Hack, you know. He was due to get a job at some point. This felt like a job he would get. There's going to be speculation about the Packers trading Rodgers to the Broncos. I will give you a 3% chance on that happening. 
That's where I go right now. Three. And not only that, there's a speculation of him taking him and Adams. Well, Devonte Adams is going to get franchise tagged, so I'm not too worried about that. And I assume they're going to uh, get rid of Rogers' current contract and extend him to make more salary cap space if they're going to bring him back, which all signs would point to the Rappaport article telling me, number one, Rogers probably isn't going to retire the same year as Brady and Big Ben, and Rogers stayed in Green Bay a few days after they lost to discuss thing, the future with the coaches and front office, and the Packers clearly want him back. So we'll see. Uh, and then the like, there's still four spots un, uh, needing coaching. Yeah, I mean, if I had to guess what happens with each of these, I would say the Jaguars are going to hire Byron Leftwich. I would say the Vikings are going to hire Jim Harbaugh. I would say Houston is going to make an ass of themselves by hiring Josh McCown, whose best, you know, his biggest coaching job was as a volunteer as his son's high school team. Just a stupid hire that's going to be. And then Miami's an interesting one, but I feel like Mike McDaniel, who is the Niners OC, is going to get that job. That's just a guess. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Well, who was it that Har- wanted to enter Harvard, though, and he said no? I don't remember. That's a good question. I think Miami and Minnesota are the only two. Miami. That Miami. I don't think that the owner of the Dolphins, who's an idiot, wanted to take away Harbaugh from Michigan because he went to Michigan. And then now there's the tanking scandals. Yeah, I mean, there's really not that much to say on this other than the fact that Stephen Ross should have to sell the Dolphins if it's true. Brian Flores came out saying that he was offered a hundred hundred grand for every loss. It's not a good look if it's true. I mean, not at all. I feel like you have to sell the team. Of course, they haven't made that idiot Dan Snyder sell Washington yet, so it's pretty he, hard to get pushed out as an owner. He also came out with the race card. Do on the Vite or the Giants and the Dolphins and the uh, Broncos. It's interesting. I feel like the Giants thing shows a true um, issue with the Rooney rule, which is that you have to interview a certain amount of minority candidates for head coaching and GM jobs, which fine with me. I just, I don't understand why teams are deciding who they want to hire and pretty much doing everything, but offering the job to, the person and they can't accept until they fulfill the rules. So if you're hiring a guy and then deciding to uh, you have to interview Leslie Frazier and Brian Flores, like the giants said, after they already decided they're going to hire tables, a waste of time and stupid and not fair. So I don't, I don't understand. I mean, whatever. What can you do? Yeah, I mean, Flores thing came out yesterday and then today Hugh Jackson came out and said that he was offered to tank in Cleveland. Yeah. There's much more merit to the whole Flores thing. Flores is literally tanking his own career. I don't think he would do that if this was all BS. Um, I think Flores probably had a legitimate chance to get the Texans job. And the other thing is Hugh Jackson went 3-36-1. Maybe he was just a bad coach. So something to think about. Yeah, I mean, if not, if he was offered money, he should be rolling in it. Yeah, like I saw a tweet that said Hugh Jackson went 3-36-1 with the Browns. He may as well be Elon Musk with the amount of money that he would get for all those losses. 
So there you go. And then, uh, Adam Schefter is an idiot. I mean, I've had problems with Schefter in the past. I definitely had problems with his whole Rodgers thing last offseason, you know. I mean, he reported Brady had retired. And as Brady was telling the Bucks, he hadn't made his decision yet. But I feel like I think he's he always knew he was probably going to hang it up after this, this playoff and, run. And then while live during a basketball game Saturday, he said he hasn't – officially said anything i've only spoken to his agent because tom's dad came out i forgot i don't remember who it was through it was through a bleacher california report. newspaper i think yeah like bleacher report is the one who like shared it yeah. saying that tom has not made up his decision and basically then it was fake news but he eventually did retire, and people still don't like Schefter, and I agree. I think Schefter jumped the gun and is trying to get ahead of everybody. Yeah. Uh, the Goat officially retires after 22 seasons, seven rings, yeah. numerous records. Three MVPs, three-time All-Pro. I mean, people think he's upstaging Big Ben at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Who gives a shit about Big Ben? He won two Super Bowls, mostly because of his defense. He was a solid quarterback. Fine, second best from his draft, probably behind Rivers. I think Rivers is a better quarterback, but um, you know, who cares? Yeah, you it, tell me that Jerome Bettis didn't help him early in his career, and stability um, with coaching too. And Heinz Ward. Yeah, they had good defenses too. And then Santonio Holmes saved him the one ring. Arizona, yeah. So I mean, what can you do? You know, uh, but. Who's going to be the quarterback for the Bucks in 2022? I think it's a big question. Do you draft? Do you go with Kyle Trask? Do I don't think you, you draft another quarterback. You go with Mitch Trubisky? I mean. I'm definitely saying Blaine Gabbert's not the guy. I feel like it's going to be Trask. I mean, it's Trask or they're bringing. Jameis? No. Reunion? No. Jameis in this offense would throw for a ton of yards. Yeah, probably a lot of picks still. It'd be like Brady, except without the uh, whole winning thing and the whole efficiency thing, I would think. <clears throat> I just don't think Trask is ready. I mean, he's sat behind Brady for one year. Yeah, maybe go with the stopgap guy, Mariota type. Uh, not Mariota specifically, but a Mariota type. Do you trade for Jimmy G if you can get him for a low price? He's got one year left on his contract. Do you... Get like a you know who could somebody should I don't know what team but somebody should take a look at Tyler Huntley from Baltimore. What are they? What are the they right off for Russell? Be good. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna swing for the fences like that. I wouldn't think, uh, but maybe. I mean, I don't know. Could be Trask though. Feels like it's gonna be Trask. I don't know. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, you know, Tyrod Taylor. What about Davis Mills if the Texans don't want him? Deshaun Watson, here we go. A lot of options, a lot of options. But I think Trubisky should be the guy, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> no way. Trubisky's going to go to the Giants, and it's going to be him versus Daniel Jones at training camp. You heard it here first. All right, uh, then we have what the Washington Commanders. Yeah, stupid name, whatever. Dan Snyder is an idiot and should have to sell the team. That's pretty much all I have to say about that. The Washington Commanders is what the team formerly known as the Redskins and Washington football team have decided on. Their other two 
ones were Washington D.C. Football Club. Couldn't do that because of the decay or Detroit. Uh, what was it? Detroit City Football Club. Yeah, and then the other one was the Red Wolves. Couldn't get that one because of logo issues, and then the fact that Air or Arkansas State is the Red Wolves. Yeah, the whole thing's I mean, absurd that Dan Snyder even owns the team, but whatever. But uh, at least now they at least have an actual name. They're not the Washington yeah. football team. And the black uniforms they have, the alternates, I guess they probably are. The black ones are really cool. It kept the same color scheme still. Yeah, which I'm not surprised that they did that. But speaking of Dan Snyder selling, I thought I saw that the Broncos are up for sale. They are, yeah, and they're going to sell for a lot of money. I wonder what's going to happen with that. Does Cronky dip his toe in a second NFL team somehow, which is not legal, I don't think. But he owns the Colorado Avalanche, so maybe he sells the Rams. What a douche. I hate Stan Cronky. That's the so if you need one reason to root for the Bengals, it's that idiot. Oh, just watching him hold up that trophy. I was like, God, get him man. off the field. He's a bum, whatever. And it's just pathetic that the city of St. Louis settled in that lawsuit instead of going to trial. We learned a lot of. I'm sure you want to look at a guy who might have paid a coach to lose games. Look at the Rams in St. Louis with Jeff Fisher. Yeah, so I could see that happening. Cronky's a douche. All right, golf. Yeah, then the way that they fired Fisher out in LA. So dumb. You know what you're gonna get with Fisher. So like, whatever. Like, hey, I know we got hard knocks here. Let's fire him while they're recording. Yeah, great. I hate Stan Kroenke. I mean, there's a reason he owns Arsenal, too. Everybody, Arsenal fans hate him, too. So, But the way Jeff Fisher handled that on Hard Knocks and everything shows the guy he is. Pure class. I'm a big fan. I believe he's uh, coaching in the USFL now. Jeff Fisher got a USFL job, I believe. But uh, while I'm looking that up, we can head over to the golf portion of the program. Yeah, last weekend uh, we had the Farmers Insurance Open. It started on Wednesday, though. I didn't see that when we um, did it last week. It started short, or the day after we recorded, I guess. Yeah. Instead of Thursday, it ended or started on Wednesday. They wanted to avoid the NFL. But uh, the winner was Luke List. Shot. Uh, shot 15 under, won 1.5 million, won one whole playoff against Will Zalatoris, 4-5. Zalatoris had like a seven-footer to win on 18 and missed it. So uh, then they went to a playoff. And then Luke List put one to like two feet to seal it up. Almost had a Sunday playoff because it was about to get dark there. So they almost had that, but they didn't. Which is surprising that it was in California. <clears throat> yeah, took a while. Big field, too. Uh, this weekend, though, you have the AT&T Pell Beach Pro-Am. Defending champion Daniel Berger. Uh, three different courses, Spyglass Hill, Golf Club. Uh, these are on Pebble Beach. And I got the Pebble Beach Golf Links. And the Monterey Peninsula Country Club on the shore course. Very fancy golf courses they're playing this week. Should be an interesting tournament. Got some big dogs playing. We'll make the uh, picks for that later. Uh, college hoops is where we go now with the AP top 10. 
Yeah, Auburn State's put at one. Gonzaga State's put at two. UCLA and Arizona flip with one another. UCLA going up four to three. Purdue goes up two to four. Kentucky up seven to number five. Houston up one to six. Arizona at seven, dropping four. Baylor dropped four to number eight. Duke State's put at nine, and Kansas drops five to number ten. Let's get into this stupid Stony Brook thing. And with the I can't the Kansas loses to Kentucky bad. And Kansas have been knocking on the door to lose for like two weeks. But the fact that they dropped five spots for losing one game. I mean, they got destroyed. But and the fact that Kentucky jumped all those other teams. I mean, Kentucky is a team that is owning the narrative right now, and a lot of people like them. So I know. I'm just surprised. The way that the AP poll always moves, it's it's always weird to me. I agree. A lot of the voters don't actually watch the games, but whatever. <clears throat> all right. uh, Stony Brook must get an at-large bid to March Madness because the American East isn't going to allow them to play in postseason games due to them leaving for the Colonial next year. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. This conference should be absolutely ashamed. This does nothing but hurt the players, and I mean, it's this ridiculous. Is a, this, this is a thing in their rule book that if a team is leaving, the board it's, has it's, a decision to make this. It's absurd. I mean, it's ridiculous. So dumb. So Stony Brook's getting absolutely screwed here. Uh, I mean – if, if we're being honest, how much of a chance do they have to make the tournament? I feel like that's something that, you know, could be looked at, I suppose. Um, but it's stupid. It's a dumb rule. It is not good for the sport. It hurts the players. Uh, and it's just dumb. I mean, I don't really know what else to say. Yeah, when I saw the article, I was like, Got to make an at-large bid. I think Vermont is going to be the team that gets into the tournament out of that conference this year, but Stony Brook's 5-2 and two in conference play. So, but Now they know it doesn't matter what they do in conference play. They have no chance to get an at-large bid either. I so, mean, they would have to basically win out, be destroying teams, and March Madness. And then, I just and then well, it. the people picking have to put that into perspective that you – know. Hey, these guys basically got told they wouldn't, they couldn't make it here because their conference, because they're leaving, and they started destroying everyone because of it. Yeah, I mean the whole thing's a joke. Uh, just like Major League Baseball, which is also a joke. And uh, real quick, I did write on here the ESPN producing the top 100 baseball players of all time list. They have 26 through 100 up on there. A couple notes from that. The the fact that Albert Pujols is 30th is egregious in itself. And then when you realize that they put Derek effing Jeter over Albert Pujols is an absolute joke. Uh, other than the fact that he played for the Yankees, I don't see how that's even an argument. Like, it's ridiculous. Pete Rose, number 34 on there, also stupid. Uh, Johnny Bench, also not better than Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols is easily top 15, if not top 10 player of all time. This is an absolute joke. And you can't argue with me that Sandy Koufax is better than Bob Gibson either. There's only yeah. one spot separating those two on there, but that's a joke too. What are they at? 33 and 34 or something like that, 32 and 33. I mean, how's Bob Gibson 34? 
how is he behind Sandy Koufax? It's not Bob Gibson's fault that Sandy Koufax's career got cut short. Bob Gibson has way more strikeouts, way more innings, way more wins, two World Series MVPs. He has two less rings, but that's not really his fault. He won an MVP, both World Series uh, appearances. I believe he had another one, though, as well. Uh, Nine-time gold glove, Bob Gibson. He also won a ring, left to go fight in the war, and then came back and won another one. Yeah, that's a joke. I mean, Koufax is great. I'm not going to argue that, uh, but it's absurd. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, the man, the man didn't have to go to the war. He chose to and then came back and was like, yeah, I'll still dominate the league. Yeah, I mean, and then you can't convince me there's 45 better players of all time than Ichiro either. I mean, what Ichiro did coming to the Major League Baseball, coming to this country at, what, 28 years old when he started in Major League Baseball and then to dominate as much as he did? Yeah, I mean, he opened the door for how many players? Otani. Well, I mean, how many between them? Deki Matsui. A lot of good players from there. It's a joke. I mean, Ichiro's top 40 at a minimum. So 46 is ridiculous. They had A-Rod ahead of Pools, which A-Rod numbers, quote-unquote, are better. But if Pools plays this season, he needs 17 home runs to pass A-Rod without roids. And I know for a fact Obviously, everyone knows A-Rod did roids. Yeah, and so that wasn't put into it. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm sure that if they have David Ortiz ranked ahead of Albert Pools, that's a complete joke, too, because we'll see. I, don't, I didn't see if David Ortiz is on the list, but if that happens, that's a joke. And you know what else is a joke? The Lockouts. Going, and the meetings are going nowhere. Like, does Major League Baseball want to kill itself? I mean, this is just making people like myself – who I've liked baseball, i played baseball, I've liked baseball my entire life, I'm liking it a lot less right now. This commissioner is an absolute fraud and an idiot. I mean, the entire thing's a joke. How to lose interest and how to kill your own sport is to have spring training delayed. Everyone thinks the season's going to be delayed. Like, did they not learn anything from the fact they had to do a 60-game season two years ago? I mean, How stupid are they? I'm surprised you didn't turn your desk to a different backdrop today. I'm going to be doing it if they actually delay the season. I mean, Jesus. These The problem with baseball is that most of these owners literally do not give a damn about the success of their team. Pirates are a perfect example of wanting to profit off of a baseball team. It's ridiculous. The entire thing is a joke. And this league needs a new commissioner. They need half the owners to sell their teams because half the owners are incompetent idiots. It's It's so stupid. I mean, nobody cares about baseball really for the most part anymore. And now you're just going to have people lose even more interest. The NHL could pass Major League Baseball with how bad this is, which is saying a lot. Major League Baseball, joke. Rob Manfred should just quit because he's an idiot. All the rule changes he's made have been stupid. Everything he said has been stupid. He's a loser. Well, and then like last year's ruling on the whole um, rosin and – um, what, what was the other stuff? The spider tack, yeah, like how you you make a rule change mid year, whatever, and then you kind of revert on it and then you go back. How about taking away the all star game from Atlanta over politics? Like that, Rob Manfred has no balls at all, he's a loser. Oh, let's move it to Colorado because that makes a ton of sense. Let's let's give the Rockies whose ownership sold Nolan Arenado for a bag of baseballs in all-star game. 
for a GM who's an absolute idiot who does not care about winning. Let's give them an all-star game because of voting laws. Guess what, Rob Manfred? Nobody gives a shit what you think about politics. Nobody. You're an idiot. So Rob Manfred's enemy number one, if you can't tell. Uh, let's go to the National Hockey hey, League. Hey, but breaking news, the Cardinals just signed Trevor Story. Well, that's never going to happen. But you know, <laughs> um, So National Hockey League, where their commissioner is hated by a lot of people, but Gary Bettman is like Michael Jordan compared to some G League player when it comes to him versus Manfred at this point. Manfred's the worst commissioner in the country. It's not even close. Anyway, he seems like a nice guy, though, but he's terrible at his job. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Uh, the Oilers signed Evander Kane for the rest of the season, which with all the issues that Evander Kane has, he'll definitely produce there because of their offensive firepower. And he'll be playing on a line with dry Sidler McDavid, but this screams of desperation. Did, didn't he also he scored in his first game back? I did not even pay attention to any game that he played. I just paid attention that he signed. So I will look. That sounds right. I mean, what can you do, you know? I mean, they are falling out of a playoff spot, so they are desperate. To uh, yeah, they uh, he they won seven to two and he scored. It was against Montreal, but does that really count? They're the worst team in the league. I so. mean, the fact that he still scored in his first game back. That's fair. Yeah, he's going to score a lot with the lines he's going to be playing on. But all right, uh, Tom Wilson is into the All Star game now uh, over Brad Marchand, which I think is a joke for Ovechkin who tests positive for COVID. I think it's kind of convenient for Ovechkin to test positive for COVID because he doesn't go to All Star games anyway. So. He wasn't. I don't think he was going to go anywhere. But, but Brad Marchand objectively should be an all-star over Tom Wilson. Of course, it's Tom Wilson. Yeah, I mean, he's a good player, but come on. Stupid. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights owner, whose name I didn't even write on here because I don't really care, said on January 15th that Jack Eichel will play in a few weeks. It's been a couple weeks since then, and it's looking like probably after the all-star break, they will get him back. So... Um, that's going to be a big boost. Vegas and Colorado is a conference final series that we deserve probably. Colorado is so good, and Vegas, their window is still open. They played in the playoffs last year, obviously. You had Vegas come back and beat them in seven. But uh, conference finals matchup for this season with the firepower that Vegas now has up front with Eichel and obviously McKinnon in, in Colorado, what Kadri's done this season. So – that would be a great matchup. We'll see if we get it. Uh, and then speaking of Vegas, Jonathan Marcheseau is now in the All-Star Game roster as well. There's a lot of injuries to prominent players, Adam Fox, Nathan McKinnon, all those guys out. But uh, Friday, skills competition from Vegas for the NHL All-Star Weekend, and then Saturday's the game. So we'll see how that goes. In speaking Vegas, of, speaking of All-Star Game stuff, I did see that the NBA, they added like six or eight G League players into the Rising Stars competition. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, interesting. I mean, the NBA All-Star Weekend is probably the only All-Star Weekend that's worth watching at all. I mean, the NHL is okay, but, like, the Pro Bowl is a joke. Obviously, when you have a commissioner with absolutely no balls who moves a, a an All-Star game to a garbage organization in Colorado, uh, you know, but it's voting laws. I think it's went downhill in the last couple of years with the, the three-point contest hasn't been as good, the – Sam Dunk contest hasn't been as good. Yeah, it really hasn't been as good since like Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon were tearing up the dunk contests. I mean, before that, yeah, you, had, you know, you had Blake Griffin at times, and you know, it was all right. But uh, all right, let's get into the betting picks of the week. Uh, Eleven and two for me last week. 
even though it is fair to point out that I did cherry pick a few college basketball games to improve my record, considering my college basketball record this season has been atrocious. I had to step up a little bit. I did, you know, Kentucky over Kansas was a road game for Kentucky. No guarantee. You know, this week I did pick a few where I was like, okay, we're going to try something. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I went seven and five. I was 331 and 272 overall. I was four and two in college basketball. Uh, Stanford upset USC. UNLV upset Colorado State. I went 0 2 in hockey. Picked the Blue Jackets over Calgary. Calgary beat them six nothing. Beat the Red Wings over the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks beat them eight to five. I think that the uh, Flames had sixty one shots in that Columbus game. And then I also picked the Rams, even though I kept saying I wasn't going to do it. Then minus three and a half. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. And they won in by three. So All right, three thirty one and two seventy eight. Did you say you had three thirty one? Three thirty one and two seventy two. All those dang baseball or games you had postponed. Hopefully we won't have to pick baseball because hopefully the league will die this year and not even play at all. Bunch of losers. Get it together. I mean, I, I love I love seeing all the posts on my Twitter and Facebook too about Cardinal tickets are for sale. Yeah, hopefully those owners can make all the money that they want. Absolute idiots. There's like five owners in the game that actually care about winning. It's an absolute joke. Well, even my dad, my dad had tickets to spring training a couple years ago when they canceled the games or whatever, or they canceled you being able to go to the games. Yeah. And he, they didn't offer money back; they offered him store credit. Stupid, whatever. I mean, it's just so dumb. Uh, they need to start purging owners who don't care about winning, but whatever. Uh, all right, Pebble Beach Pro Am this week. Very interesting lineup uh, of players, and uh, you know. I picked some interesting ones. I picked guys that I wouldn't normally pick, but I also pick guys that I always pick. So yeah, my uh, three to win are Patrick Cantlay at plus six fifty, Jason Day at plus eighteen hundred, and Justin Rose at plus eighteen hundred. I have Cantlay plus six fifty, Maverick McNeely plus two thousand, and I'm going a little bit down there with Min Woo Lee at plus five thousand. Uh, my top five is Matthew Fitzpatrick at plus five hundred, and top ten is Kevin Kisner plus three fifty. Going kids to finish top five at plus 700. And uh, Spieth, who always plays well at Pebble Beach, finished top 10 plus 175. Uh, NHL picks for tonight. I got the Wild minus 160 at the Blackhawks and the Flames minus 280 at the Coyotes. The Coyotes beat the Avalanche last night. So I, I think it's almost guaranteed they lose tonight. Uh, I picked the same games. All right. Same same teams? I mean, yeah. I mean, we only had five games to pick from tonight. Easy dubs. I believe this is, well, this is the last night of games before the All-Star break over the weekend. So there you go. Uh, NBA picks. I got the Nets bounce back. They've lost five in a row. Bounce back spot. They'll have Kyrie since it's a road game, minus four and a half at the Kings. Lakers minus four against the Blazers because why not? Blazers play no defense. Uh, I as well have the Nets minus four and a half over the Kings. And then I have the Cavs minus four and a half over the Rockets. All right. No NFL this week, so college hoops is where we'll finish it up. Uh, Thursday games, I am taking Arizona to beat UCLA. 
It's a home game for Arizona. They got a little bit embarrassed by them last week. Arizona against Arizona State on Saturday was a very poor effort by Arizona. They won the game because Arizona State's terrible, but they didn't play well. And then I'm just going to give myself a free win here. Murray State is a wagon in the OVC. They're going to beat Austin P by probably 30. So I'll take that one all day. I pulled an Ethan this week. I have two OVC games. All right. I have Belmont at Tennessee State taking Belmont and Tennessee Tech at Moorhead State taking Moorhead State. Probably another free win. A couple okay. easy ones there. Uh, preseason, this game for my first Friday one will probably be a little bit more of a St. Bonaventure being the favorite type thing. But St. Bonaventure struggled recently. Richmond's playing well. I'm going to take St. Bonaventure because I believe in the veterans there to beat Richmond. Uh, and then I'll also take Fresno State, <laughs> who has you know, been a little bit up and down recently, to beat a terrible Nevada team, which I thought Nevada would be good this season. So, I looked at that Richmond-St. Bonaventure game. I couldn't pull a trigger on it, but I took um, Toledo at Ball State, taking Ball State, and then I also took Fresno State at home against Nevada. All right, Saturday, give me Kentucky to keep it rolling, beat Alabama, and then give me Baylor to beat Kansas. Baylor's been a little bit shaky recently, but I'll take them. I mean, they were without their top three scores. Was it last night or Monday? Monday. And they held on against West Virginia, who West Virginia played really good, and then at the end of the game they decided they couldn't score the ball. West Virginia's a much better team than their 2-6 and Big 12 record. I mean, they – uh, was it eighteen to four run in that game for Baylor to win? Yep, yep. Uh, I'm taking Duke at North Carolina. Had to pick that rivalry game, and then Gonzaga at BYU. BYU is a team. Uh, I don't know if they can, like, can really contend, make this a really close game. But they're a team who's bounced in and out of the top twenty-five. Defense is going to hurt them. Last time they played, Gonzaga scored 110 points. That's what I'm going with. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, All right, that'll do it for us. We'll be back next week to preview the Super Bowl and all the other things in sports for number 50, halfway to 100 with that number. So we'll see you next week uh, for the sports matchup number 50. Deuces.